You're listening to From the Beginning. I'm Jen Dudley. And I'm Griffin Caprio. And this is our show talking to podcasters about how they got started, why they podcast, and what keeps them motivated. In this episode, we're speaking with Nathan Webster, host of the Social Entrepreneur Podcast. One of the things I really appreciated about talking to Nathan and about his podcast is his commitment and enthusiasm for his hometown of Vancouver, Washington, and making sure that he's giving back to the community. Was there anything that jumped out to you, Griffin? Yeah, from my point of view, Nathan and his commitment to uh, the the social impact of the things that he's doing is uh, phenomenal. And my hope is that uh, he begins to kind of spread what he's doing to other cities, which I know is one of the things that we touch on in the show. So here's Nathan's story from the beginning. Well, thanks for joining us today, Nathan. I'm really excited to talk to you about your business and your podcast and what you've got going. Absolutely. I'm happy to be on the show. I'm excited to get started and talk about how I can help you and your listeners get to the next level. That's awesome. Well, to get started, um, for our listeners who, who perhaps are not familiar with you or the Social Entrepreneur Podcast, if you can tell us a bit more about yourself and um, what you're doing these days, both business-wise and podcast-wise. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I have really three main uh, channels for my business. I have I started with a nonprofit about 10 years ago. And uh, my nonprofit was to, I, I guess, in a lot of ways, help me over, overcome my fears. Uh, and I was going to help others overcome their fears, their objections, and find what really worked for them. But as I went through a divorce, now I had to really find myself, do some soul searching. And it really just came down to me just reevaluating where I was at in my life. I had to reinvent myself, if you will. I then um, came to, the business I have now, which is our, our marketing agency, where we do consulting, and which consulting is one of the product um, products that we offer, um, but we also do marketing and websites. And through that, I really have I've really grown into really who I am. And then the third channel is the podcasting. And so I got really the podcasting going because I heard of, um, I, which is ironically, I, I first got an iPhone or no, an iPad, and I'm like, podcasting, what's that? And so I, I started to listen to it. Um, and then when I got my iPhone, I was like, okay, let me subscribe. I'm like, oh, what would it take for me to become a podcaster? And then that's when I started listening to John Lee Dumas and The Entrepreneur on Fire. And then I then began, uh, began to create my own podcast because being here in Vancouver, Washington, it's really a suburb of Portland, Oregon, and there's not a lot of um, opportunities to be exposed to some of the masses. And we're not a, uh, as the nonprofit wise, before I started the business, our nonprofit is not a huge entity. We still gross under $50,000. So when it comes to um, getting our, our, our name out there to the masses, I realize I'm never going to get to that next level if I don't fund it myself uh, through my own company. Um, and so that's where I'm like, okay, well, let me appeal not just to my local community because my first client in my marketing agency was across the, the nation in Florida. And that's when I really realized like, okay, we're dealing with the digital world here. 
let me open myself up to the masses. Why not? And begin creating who I am, my brand, and uh, just really what we stand for on a global perspective. And that's how the podcast really helped me define what that was. So when you talk about fears um, and then helping others overcome those fears, what, uh, what kind of fears are you, are you specifically referring to? Is it just business or is it kind of personal as well? Uh, I would say initially they started off uh, personal. I, I got out the Marine Corps and I thought I wanted to become a cop. So I did everything that I needed to. But when it came down to me passing the test, they said, no, <laughs> you're trained to kill. We need to detain. Um, I guess some people might argue that now, uh, but uh, um, they were like, here, let's let's give you the answers so you can retake the test. And I, I realized I did not want to be a cop. It's a thankless job. It's long hours, work nights, weekends, blah, 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 blah. And so I, at that time, I had to really reinvent myself. And the last place I thought I was going to go was school. And at school, I really found myself. I, I, and that's where I founded my nonprofit. And so this is where I wanted to give individuals, which I focus from 12 to 18 year olds, identify and pursue their dreams because I didn't believe I, when I was that age, I could be anyone other than what the media portrayed me as a young black man, uh, a gang member, maybe in jail, but not anything of, of substance of giving back to the community or working in corporate America, just the leaders and thought leaders, uh, at least that what I saw here locally were all white. So I can identify with anyone. So my first opportunity for growth was to be the leader that I wanted to have in my community, starting with building a community center. And so my, my fears uh, were more personal. I didn't start gaining those professional fears until I got in the game of, of being a, a quote-unquote, with my air quotes, I, a, a organizational executive. And I'm like, oh, it's okay. I started to get it now. So um, I didn't develop those professional fears until later on in my, um, my ED founder uh, life or career. Wow, that's, that's pretty impressive. Um, and so where did the podcast come into play? <laughs> the podcast came into play probably about, um, I want to say about six months into the business, I realized that I needed to create my brand that was distinguishable from my nonprofit that showed my expertise without showing, um, without, um, how can I say it? I, here in Vancouver, people only knew me for my nonprofit, which also alluded to me coming to them with my hand held out of asking for a donation. And I don't want that to be my identity. And so now, about four years later, I'm now coming back to networking in Vancouver. But in between that time, I wanted to show off and create my own brand that had podcasting as another channel for me to engage with people that I was at the level of expertise, acumen, wisdom, professionalism, and, um, and brand myself to be at that level, which I could not have done at the nonprofit level, if that makes sense. 
Yeah. So you, was there, did you consider other mediums or was it really, did it come down to you had been looking at doing a podcast and this was, you were also needing to create your uh, more of a professional brand. And so kind of married those two ideas or were there other mediums that you had considered doing that through like a blog? Um, I, I, I have, and I still do, we still blog, but since content is king in, in this era, I realize that if I'm going to go for it, I really need to go for it. And when I say Vancouver is the suburb, it's really like Cinderella. It is the redheaded stepchild that doesn't get any love between Seattle and Portland. And Portland's really the little brother, if you will, of Seattle. And so if you want to get recognized in Vancouver, you have to go beyond Vancouver to um, get any sort of love and get the respect because um, here in Vancouver, uh, I, I had an office and I did everything that everyone told me to do, but it wasn't successful. So I needed to create it multiple channels that I was in to get people's attention. And then, of course, when they, when they not only saw that I was doing podcasts, they listened to the podcast and the blogs and the networking. So it wasn't just the podcasting, but it did increase my value significantly. Awesome. And gave you a bit more reach probably than, than just one or two of those other channels. Absolutely. And when they go to the show and they see that I, I'm talking with professionals that they never heard of and they bring like significant value and, and we talk about being in the digital world, but in Vancouver, a digital world is almost like a foreign concept. It's not like it's a bad place or anything, but it really, it really made me stand out in a major way. Uh, so tell me a bit about the, why you settled on the social entrepreneur or that space in particular. And I don't, um, and maybe even talk a little bit about social entrepreneurship and how that fits in with not just um, the nonprofit that you have, but with the business that you have. At the end of the day, and that, matter of fact, that's a really great question. For me, at the end of the day, I wanted my money uh, and my legacy, if you will, to be impacted towards social good because there's a lot of uh, opportunities to where I saw collaborations and co-ops that could have happened. But being that it was across the river going into Portland, uh, entities in Vancouver didn't want to uh, um, partner or they didn't want to use their services and get kind of uh, snobby about it when 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 there wasn't like I, I didn't get it. Like somebody needs drug rehab. Why do we not offer these services? And you don't want to partner with someone because they're in Portland uh, just because you want to say, no, we have everything we need in Clark County uh, in Vancouver. It didn't make sense. So I, I realized that I, this is my community, born and raised. Um, even though my mom went back to the East Coast and my dad went back to the South, uh, this is my home. I take great pride in living here and calling it home. And since there's a lot of problems, I, I realized since no one else is going to be the solution for it, I realized I have to be. That's such an admirable, uh, admirable direction, especially, you know, as it impacts the, the community around you. How, how has the response to your podcast and, and your other endeavors with the community um, been received? And um, how do you work with people to 
um, kind of continue to spread your message? That's a, another great question. I can see why you guys do this. Um, <laughs> uh, when it comes to uh, the message being received, I, was it Gandhi who said, well, first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they hate you, and um, I think someone else says, and, and then they love you. And initially, because this is uh, older, um, I, I won't say it's a, a homogenized white male uh, county, um, but majority of the, the key decision makers and business owners, about 10 years, that I would say that would be the case. But the landscape is changing, and especially now with these movements. Um, people are coming around to understand that we can't get better. And it's not even diversity and inclusion in the aspect of like, oh, I'm black, you're white. We're not even talking about that. But let's talk about age. Like millennials should be part of boards. Millennials should be part of uh, uh, executive roles, um, C-level companies. Like let's not just use the whole race thing as diversity but we have people that have different walks of life. And Vancouver uh, is at a place where if they don't grow, it's going to become one of those cities that people are not going to want to come to. And I, and I think people have caught on to the fact that they can no longer just build houses and people can commute to Portland. Uh, we, our bridge is no longer sufficient for that. And being that the city built the bridge I think like 60 years ago, um, they didn't foresee that it was going to become a federal highway and it can't support that. So to change the infrastructure, you can't keep people at the age of 55 and, and, and older uh, making the major decisions because they want to keep it small. You're just going to make the, comp- the company, the, the county obsolete. And we can't have that, especially if this is a place you love. So they have now begun to embrace the fact that it does take people from different walks of life. So diversity and inclusion are just not buzzwords. They are actually key words that make a significant difference that's critical to the changes that's necessary for sustainability. And so do you find yourself uh, working with other community leaders uh, in the area to kind of amplify and, and, um, spread that message? I do. I, I think because not only podcasting, but social media, everybody has a platform. And at the end of the day, everybody has a social good that they want to give or contribute, not only to like their loved ones, but they also want to leave a legacy that helps others. And even if they don't have any kin uh, or folks that would be in the obituary that will follow them. Um, the least they can say they made the world a better place. And that right there, which I'm seeing now, is really starting to take root here in our communities because it can be done because everything has been demonetized um, to the point to where you can crowdfund it. You can mobilize it. The barriers to entry to doing these things are so much more affordable now. Yeah, it's, it's one of the very, um, I guess, kind of driving natures of podcasting in general, but, you know, larger social movements where there is such a uh, democratization of messaging, access, um, capital, 
Uh, and there are ways to kind of get your your message and, and to find your crowd and to get kind of a critical mass um, spread very quickly. Yeah, I agree. And so what, from your point of view, do you have an expectation to, you know, kind of take this message and help other um, kind of socially motivated or socially um, active uh, entrepreneurs in other areas do what you're trying to do for Vancouver to their towns? You know, I... <laughs> Uh, I would love to see, which, you know what, if, I shouldn't even say that because it is happening. Um, the top blog on my site is the five steps of how to build a community center. Um, the community center, which I thought would not, I, I mean, I, I just want to document my experiences and what I went through. But surprisingly, like that is the number one clicked blog on my website. So I believe people are looking for answers. Um, they just don't know how to go about getting the access to capital. How do they use their sweat equity and, and make that into uh, capital that can be put into the bank and uh, use that for also the leverage they need to get the right community members and gain the right traction to where the results of uh, putting kids through colleges or just increasing the graduation rate at the high school, decreasing this, the school to prison pipeline. People want to find answers and because of these channels, they're able to do so. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe five, 10 years from now, people come to me and it's not like it's a goal, but I will, I would be absolutely honored to hear that I made a difference in not only that person's life for them to start it, but now that impact, it has impacted a community. So thinking about that, you know, the impact that you're having on the community, on your listeners, inspiring other people, you've been podcasting, I think you had said four years now which is a fairly long time for in podcasting. I'd done this from the beginning of 2016. So about two and a half years. Two and a half years. Still, a, that's a fairly long time um, to have a podcast running. Do you have much engagement with your listeners? I know that's one of the things that's fairly challenging as a channel with a podcast because it tends to be, you know, by default is a one-way conversation a lot of ways. Uh, it, a lot of times if you don't, you know, outside of the guests that you have, do you have, through other channels, ways to interact or know who your listeners are and have carry on those conversations? Uh, you know, every single time I think like, okay, that's it. I probably um, may need to look at finding an exit strategy for this. Uh, someone out of the blue calls me. Someone out of the blue um, goes to the website and submits an inquiry. Uh, surprisingly, it, it's, it's, it's more than what I think. And, and even just on a local level, I'm starting to hear people say, yeah, I've listened to it. Or, or I get people from, um, Australia is really popular. Um, but that's, yeah, they, uh, they're really popular. I have a lot of downloads that come from there. But depending on the topics, I just had one topic the other day, um, the Netherlands. Um, so it's it's interesting, and I'm starting to see because this we're so niche in social entrepreneurship, and of course I'm not a big name. Um, they they don't know me, and this is not a a, a, a huge scalable business model. So 
why would you follow it unless it's a big name? Um, you see people looking for substance and I, I believe I, I like to offer that substance that they're looking for. Um, I, I, I think the, the need is out there. We just don't get the, um, I guess the limelight or the recognition that is deserving. So the engagement is not always going to come in the form of likes or um, comments, but I think the downloads, at least for me, are, are good enough. Well, it's always great when you have that, um, like you said, just at the right time, you have someone reach out and remind you why you're doing the things that you're doing. <laughs> yeah. The universe, I think, is uh, helpful that way. Where do you see things going next? Or what What would you say your biggest challenge is? You talked about, you've considered, okay, is there an exit strategy for this? Or, or, or um, so perhaps, what do you see as the biggest challenge um, to continuing to do this? I think just, I think anyone is, is content, but in order for content, um, it can't just be, uh, um, what's, is it what, not be narcissistic? I only think of you going to give people what you want or what they, what you, um, believe they, they want, which is you. And, and so, um, I, I believe it's finding the right people to talk about their experiences that feel comfortable and confident and articulate enough to be on the podcast to talk about that. Uh, and so being that I also teach at the local college, you know, not all experts can teach and make act- academics reality. It, it doesn't always convert. And so um, it, it's one of those things for me that I want to give people real life experiences that they can apply to their organization or their leadership style or their marketing campaigns or to their business infrastructure, give that content to them now and not just say, oh, well, when I get there, when I get to that level, I can use what he said. I want them to say, no, I'm going to take this to my team and I'm going to implement it today. Uh, so finding those people that can give that substance, that relativity, and, and, and again, goes back to what it needs for it to be sustainable. Whatever you need for your business to be sustainable, I want to be able to have those informational interviews so that that can be on our podcast and hopefully for a lifetime. Yeah, I think that's um, that idea of kind of that um, the piece of information that will help you now. One of the things I like is that you have the you intersperse the short tips in your podcast, which is always nice. You know, if you just have a few minutes and you can kind of catch a quick tip and all, and the interviews that um, I think you've had some great folks on your show. I really enjoyed, I'm from Houston. So I actually listened to the, um, the one um, about Hurricane Harvey with Aaron McClarty. Mm. And I think that was really, you know, it was really useful information on both sides, both social entrepreneurs and people who are looking to help. So it, it had the story element and also kind of giving you those actionable pieces. Do you frequently have guests on your show or do you tend to do mostly um, or kind of mix it up between um, you giving your point of view and then bringing in guests? So my goal, uh, last year I probably had a guest um, probably once every other month, maybe every five weeks. Um, but now my goal for 2018 was to have um, 
at least one guest a month, which I do. And um, I, I want it. I want it halfway through the year. I'm like, you know what? I think I can double this. So I'm working on doubling that to where really I'm probably only giving my point of view, my perspective, m- my expertise just once a month. And I'll have regulars on there and, and sometimes even um, different types of guests um, per month. Because again, it's I, I want social good, but because we're a social entrepreneur, but we're also businesses. So I want folks to have that business acumen. And so uh, I almost had Kent, my marketing guru, to be on there regularly. But, um, you know, he, he, he might be coming back to be a regular guest because at the end of the day, in order for us to pay the bills and have profit to do social good, we, we got to be out there and be seen. So that's, that's marketing. So the goal is to, to have guests, different guests, and the same guests to have the folks that are first times or subscribers for them to get fed that uh, um, what they're looking for on a regular basis to increase engagement. So we can be one of the top podcasts, podcasters. Yeah. Speaking of that, um, when we look at kind of the future of, of, you know, your podcast as it relates to your other businesses, do you have any expectation or desire to turn your podcast into a, uh, a full fledged business itself such that that becomes your full time, uh, your full time endeavor? Oh, oh man. Now that right there, Griff, is a loaded question. <laughs> um I, that's why that's why I asked that. I was trying to get you. You 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 did get me. I you know it is it's funny because Rebecca and I initially put the podcast on our on our website, but Rebecca was like, it, it doesn't belong there. I'm like where does it go? And she was like, I don't know. And so Rebecca, she's my business partner. And, uh, and we were like, well, where do we put it? So initially it stayed on the site. It was like, well, it's kind of, we're one in the same, but then as we grew, it's like, it needs to be separated. But then it continues to be that, that marketing piece that my clients and um, prospective clients, they listen to and they like, I love that. So it's just the ideal newsletter, if you will. But then it's like, how, how do we monetize it to be full time if we did? And I don't know if it, you know, maybe, you know, I'm, I'm just riding the wave. It could be, I don't know. I don't know. Gotcha. Yeah. And I think that's, there's a lot of opportunity moving forward and, and it's a, it's a wide open space. And I think as long as you can find and resonate uh, with your listeners, uh, there's nothing but opportunity there to do kind of whatever you're thinking. I agree. That's a good question. So now you might keep me up a couple of extra nights now. Thank you. <laughs> well, you know, I, I guess it's better than nightmares. <laughs> I'll take it. Well, Nathan, it's been great chatting with you today. If our listeners want to get in touch with you, uh, what's the best place to go? So the the best way to contact me would be through my website or for those that don't care to be on websites and you like social media. um, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm just my full name, Nathan A. Webster. Uh, Then Instagram, I'm Nathan Webster at 543. Uh, we have a, a Facebook page for the company. It's NW and Associates. 
you can reach me through the website if you're okay with that. That's nwebsterllc.com. If you reach out to me, that's going to be through a generic email, um, which is nwebsterllc at gmail.com. And then if we connect, I will give you my personal email. Um, but I'm also on Twitter as well. Uh, and that's Miss. Um, Mr. Int. that's M-R-S-O-C-E-N-T. So lots of different ways if you want to contact me. And last but not least is phone 360-448-7439. Awesome. Well, we'll make sure all of those uh, are linked up in the show notes when uh, when the episode goes live. And so uh, anybody can kind of uh, either go directly there or follow up with you um, via one of those channels. Yeah, I would love to connect. So hit me up. Awesome. Well, thank you so much uh, for coming on today, Nathan. I appreciate you all having me. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing where you all grow as well, because I would love to hear where do you plan to take your your podcast to the next level? Absolutely. And we will have an episode of our own coming out soon, talking more about that. And definitely want to catch up and hear where your podcast and nonprofit and business are going. So we'll have to uh, check back in. Sounds like a great plan. Thanks again, Nathan. Thank you. This has been another episode of From the Beginning. Editing and theme music was provided by Roy Matz. Thank you for listening.